Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Three one two three three two three seven seven six ESPN one thousand. Brian Hanley, Mark Xander, what are you putting on the grill this weekend? As I said, Brian, I, I, I'm not sure what your plans are for uh, today, maybe tomorrow, whatever. Uh, I'm going to a party today. I'm going to my cousin's party. So whatever is on the grill, I'm eating. Unless it's something really weird like octopus. Well, calamari, um, or like uh, well, that's like, uh, squid. Yeah, or the kind that they throw on the ice in Detroit. I mean, like the, the no, those the, are full blown octopi. Right, no, right. no, 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 I didn't know. No. Do you have a, do you have a signature go to you know recipe for for grilling that people always comment on? I mean, do you do anything different with your burgers? I used to put Worcestershire sauce in it for a stretch there, and then I stopped doing that. I just pretty much salt them and. Uh, try to you know dress them up. You know, you know good. what? I am not. I am not the master of the grill. Years ago, I was when the mm-hmm. kids were little. Worked the gr- gas grill. My wife has a Weber grill now, mm-hmm. and she's the master of the Weber grill. And uh, she's going on a business trip, and she 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 grilled out a bunch of stuff yesterday and wow. put it in the refrigerator. That's, that's... And she kind of said. She's a keeper. She she did she did uh, a pork loin that is just she said this is out of this world because last she's very competitive. Last week, I cooked a pork loin when she was gone and she came back. She said this is good, and then all of a sudden she bought another pork loin. It's like we just had this. She goes, yeah, but I can do better. It's like oh, there's that competitive spirit. She played college softball, so she's wow. a com- Competitive, so what, competitive what's her, spirit. So what's her, what, what, she I won't mean, tell me what it is. She just told me, come yeah. home and have it. It's it's really great. You're going to enjoy it. And I said, what did you do to it? She goes, I'm not telling you. It's like, oh, come on. Really? We're doing this now? See, I used to marinate steaks, and I think it was a half a cup of Worcestershire, a quarter cup of uh, red wine vinegar, and a quarter cup of olive oil. And, you know, mix that up and then marinate the steaks for overnight or whatever, even you know, three or four hours. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I also, I've gone old school. I've gone back to like sirloin, right? There's a flavor to sirloin. You can spend a, a, a month's mortgage to go get tenderloin or whatever now. Sure. But if you, you know, if you cook a sirloin correctly and, and don't overdo it, mm-hmm. the, the, the flavor in that cut of meat is good enough. You really don't need to marinate it. Right. I mean, uh, I know the tougher cuts of meat, like flank steak and whatever, it probably helps to to marinate it a bit. But maybe some of our listeners out there can tell us what they do. You know, if they do something different to the the hamburger meat or to their steaks or how they you know dress up a brat, whatever. We you know, our, our first caller made me hungry for ribs now. But that again, ribs intimidate me. I, I the whole process. Yeah, but you know what? Boiling. You know what he you know he broke it down. Uh, you know, boiling a ham's beer. Yeah. Night before, put it in the refrigerator, rip that uh, fat strap off the back. You, next day, throw it on the grill. doesn't take too long because you bo- uh, boil the, boiled the ribs in yeah. beer the night before. That sounds easy. Wow. Yeah. How was that intimidating? That sounds no, super easy. That that was something I probably could handle. So I'll, I'll try that. N- not tonight necessarily because I don't have any ribs. <laughs> what, what are you having tonight? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Game time decision? Well, yeah, uh, depending when uh, all the fireworks start going off, I, I might be just uh, throwing on some leftover pizza because everyone will want to watch fireworks. So I don't know. 
312-332-3776. Lately, I have not been, uh, as I told you, the grill is not really my thing anymore. But I, I went down to, uh, well, I spent some time in Florida and, uh, this past uh, March. And I rediscovered my love of Cajun food. And now I've mm. been cooking uh, jambalaya and doing wow, like, yeah, stuff like that. So That's I've been the, a, I've been the I've been the rice master lately. Are you an etouffee guy? Yeah, man. I I mean, when you're in New Orleans and you you eat, I I don't know, even know how to make that stuff. But boy, that that is what's the, the holy trilogy: celery, red peppers. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, yeah the Trinity. Yeah, yeah Trinity. Yeah, yeah. not trilogy. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, and, and Florida. Whenever you're down there, it's you know you got to get grouper, grouper, grilled grouper sandwiches or anything. Redfish, you have to get down when you, when you're in the uh, Gulf, because okay. that's the fish of New Orleans. Redfish, oh, right. uh, awesome, absolutely awesome. So, what are you throwing on the grill? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. How are you preparing it? Give us some ideas. Brian needs some ideas. Nothing too intimidating for Brian. Yeah. You have Something a gas grill simple. or a charcoal? Uh, currently, I have a gas grill, and I, I got a big green egg uh, four years ago mm-hmm. as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I've done like the those, pork uh, shoulder. Those are the pellets, right? You uh, put pellets no, in those, or is that no, something that, different? That's no, a pellet no. grill. Okay. Yeah, the big green egg, is it's more of a smoker. Mm-hmm. But without the pellets, it's just um, – but, yeah, that's when you get the, the – you know, 20 pounds worth of pork shoulder and you got to keep the temperature like 225 or 250 for the whole day. And right. it's got the thermometer with the remote thermometer. So it beeps when, uh, you know, you're either going too high or too Fancy. low. So is that yeah. thing underused by you? Oh, very much underused by me. It's it, The cover hasn't been off of that thing since the beginning of the pandemic. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Looks like you've got to start using some tools you have laying around. Yeah. <laughs> Three one two three three two three seven seven six. So, what do you expect out of this White Sox team in this stretch of fifteen games? I don't like predictions. I, I certainly want a better outcome than five hundred. But you know what? Where's five hundred going to land us after this stretch? Right Ooh, where we are right now, and that's, that's not, not good, good enough. enough. It no. is not good enough. If we can win two of three from the Twins. And at least two of three from Detroit and uh, Cleveland. We've got three. No, we've got more than that from them. Who are we meeting in there? Oh, I've got to look. At okay, so you I got, had that you, in front of me. Here we go. You got yep. the Twins for three. Yep. Uh, you got uh, Detroit in town over the weekend for four. Four. That's okay. Four. Then you go to Cleveland for three. Then you go to Minnesota for four. And then you get the All Star break, and then you're back home against Cleveland for three. And that's the end of the the, the stretch, of the dangerous the, stretch of the division. Where yeah. either you you make you make hay and you get back in the city. Well, you make or break. It's make or break. So, if you if I asked you what, so the Yankees hit the ball out of the ballpark, the Guardians don't strike out, uh, Minnesota grinds it out with OPS plus. What if the Sox were on this list and were leading the division what would coming into the season what would you think would have been their calling card what yeah what to to be a successful team and a team that could win this division what were you expecting to be you know the bullpen was sold as is one of the best in baseball Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the everyone had hopes for the starting rotation right and then dallas keichel happened a couple times right um 
and they they haven't hit the ball out of the ballpark. What is it that that's it? Is, that's it for me, Brian. Because uh, yes, the bullpen was perhaps a bit oversold. There have been injuries, but we've had great pitching appearances from uh, the starters. Obviously, even the bullpen's been okay yeah. at times, but we have not supported them really enough with enough yeah. runs. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If we're yeah, you know, how many games were we up like? Two nothing, three one, whatever yep. the case, and we go late in the game. The bullpen shows up, and they get hit a little. We did not support them. Two runs in a game is not enough. No. So and I it, would say the overarching issue for me has been the offense. Whether it's a home run or it's small ball that uh, that uh, the Twins seem to be playing, it is taking advantage and and and. The mistakes we're making on the field, those are, that's part of it too. But the the biggest reason for me is the offense. Because if the offense was scoring like they did last year, some of these other things, some of these other parts that have fallen would not have been critical right. in creating a loss. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, different ways of getting it done. Houston has got the best overall ERA in baseball. Um, the Mets are a team that just all they do is get on base. Their on-base percentage is among the best in baseball. They have seven batters who have an on-base percentage above the league average. Um, and, you know, in the Cubs division, Milwaukee's bullpen is lights out. You know, when you got uh, Josh Hader and Devin Williams, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Cardinals are doing it with young guys. I mean, did you see what yesterday? Again, you can go to a baseball game and see something you've never seen before. Um, first time in Major League history – a team has hit four consecutive home runs in a first inning, and three of those guys who did it for the Cardinals in Philadelphia are rookies. And I think it was only the 11th time that it's been done in Major League history where you've had four consecutive home runs in any inning. But they're doing it with a bunch of young guys, which you know scares me as a Cubs fan when you've got that kind of uh, talent that's that young. That, and yeah, that gonna, depth. Yep, yep. That tells you about the Cardinals and their system and, and why they've only had one uh, losing season in, in forever, right? 30 years or whatever it was that yeah. Derek told us. Derek yeah. told us. And then you look at the Dodgers out West, you got the, their starting uh, ERA, starting, uh, starting pitching ERA is their calling card. And even the Padres, they, they're playing much better defense. I mean, they, they were a, a team that kicked the ball around a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And this year they're playing almost perfect defense. So there are different things. And I, sadly, Every one of those areas, the Sox have had their hiccups in, right? They have. I mean, they have. But it's never too late to turn it around. No. And certainly these two games, again, you know, when you see Dylan Cease, who has been dominating, have a, not a great day yesterday, but he he did survive it, and uh, we we were grinding, and we got that win. That is the those are the wins that are probably going to be if if we go on a roll, we'll see those types of wins more often than we'll see blowouts. I mean, there's well, you, no doubt about that. You, so you, we have to you, learn how to win that way consistently. You said it. I mean, the maturation of Dylan Cease, where he said it was good enough yesterday, not great, and he's okay with guys you know hitting a home run and a double to start the game. He said because. If you're in the strike zone, someone's going to eventually get the bat on the ball. Right, but, right. And, but, and but, if your offense is moving, you yeah. just have to give away, give less runs up than your offense scores. I mean, yeah. it's simple math. And you mentioned Jose Abreu. After the break, we can uh, get into his numbers because you said it yesterday. No one's been hotter than Jose Abreu. And, uh, you know, 
uh, Dylan Cease was pitcher of the month. Jose Abreu, um, offensive numbers for the month of June, pretty uh, pretty, pretty insane. Impressive. Pretty yeah. insane. Yes, we will touch upon that and more. Again, you're welcome to jump in if you'd like. 312-332-3776 as you're getting ready for your celebrations or maybe you're in the midst of your long holiday celebration. We're here for you, and we're here until noon. Connor McKnight's got the pregame at 2.30 here on your home for the White Sox, ESPN 1000. And Lennon DJ will be on the call, first pitch at 3.05. Giolito on the bump as we try to take Game 3 in San Francisco. This is ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Here it comes. Swing and a liner to left. That ball's going to be over the head of Jock Peterson. Anderson scores. Here comes Vaughn. Abreu will be held at third. The White Sox have the lead. That'll be a double for Gavin Sheets. ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley. Uh, funny thing, Brian, I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody commented, boy, Jock Peterson would have been perfect for the White Sox. <laughs> you, you know, it's like it's like anybody that seriously wanted him. Uh, look, one player, uh, one play does not determine a whole player, but he bounces around for a reason. And I thought yeah. it was interesting that the Braves didn't keep him. And, you know, he's been an asset to a certain degree to the Giants. That was just a rough play, but that's okay. We'll take it. We've done that plenty for other teams this year on the south side. And we need to see, yeah, you know. Uh, Remember he had the dream and he, he called the Cubs and he dreamt that he was going to be a Cub. And next thing you know, he was a Cub. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that wow. easy. Yeah. It was that um, easy. I wonder yeah. I wonder if he tried Rick Hahn's like, oh no, Peterson's on the phone. He had a dream. I'm not yeah. answering this. I'm yeah, not answering to, this phone. Don't go to sleep, Jock. No, stay up. Stay up. Slap. You know, uh Graveman and uh Kelly pitched Ooh. two days in a row. And really well. You know, but seriously, that's not something we saw from Tony earlier. No, but you they're unavailable tonight. Right. So. No, no, they definitely Today. are. But right. however, earlier in the season, with Restamal Tony Larusa, <laughs> you did not see that. No, and maybe he is realizing realizing that it's it's just you know maybe that is his his ultimate scenario. But the ultimate scenario isn't exactly working out right now. So maybe he's learning. Maybe he's all listening. Hands maybe, on deck. Yeah, it's yeah. all hands on deck. And and yes, they will not be available tonight. Likely, we will see. Um, uh, let's see. We'll see. Uh, Ruiz, well, maybe, hopefully not. Foster, um, you know, who, who's going to come in tonight? Hendricks, do we have an idea yet of when he's back? I think Monday. Monday. Oh, thankfully. He's, like, on track to be back. Thankfully, Monday, thankfully. Sure. It was like, yeah. He was okay. talking about his rehab starts the other day. I can pull that clip out. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'd like to see him back. We certainly need him, especially in this stretch. I mean, there's trying to, I was I was trying to get you David Robertson back. Uh, I know side. I know you were. We appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. it. Hey, he's 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 doing. Um, I mean, I know you know it doesn't matter necessarily, but he's having a very nice season at uh, the tender age of thirty seven. I think. Um, well, and he, it wouldn't be you know if he came back, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, he no, and, and again, it wouldn't be this Craig Kimbrell who's going to close. I mean, the, he's he, that that whole conversation between Liam and and Kimbrell and. They were all for it, and don't worry, Eagles weren't going to get involved, and it right. just didn't work out. I mean, Robertson would be happy to be on a contending team. Uh, you know, just, a, just, just to be involved. 
just yeah. to help in any way he can. That's what Absolutely. we need. Absolutely. Uh, Lopez, Lopez yeah. has been strong for us in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Velasquez has been pretty decent, so hopefully yeah. we'll. But we need, look, the obvious thing is Giolito goes deeper into the the game, right? Yes, that would help. If, that if, would help. We, if we could get seven out of him, Ooh. that would be glorious. Here's Liam Hendricks, who we want to play this here. Good. Yeah, it went well. Um, it was good enough to be active, but the training staff said no, and so I had to throw a same game instead. Uh, I wanted to be active. Unfortunately, no, didn't come to fruition, but same game was well. It went well that I had to throw five batters because I got the first three out too quickly. So I ended up at 18, 18 pitches. Uh, yes, I have no idea what the metrics or anything like that said, but the ball came out well, and that's all that really matters. And how you feel, that matters too, I suppose, right? Yeah. A little bit, I guess. I don't know. No. It uh, it felt normal, I mean, which is good. It has for the last little bit. But um, uh, now the plan is to be active on Monday. And, yeah, right in time for that twin series. Yeah, we need him. We need him bad. He went uh, Larry David on here with the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that uh, that commercial that Larry David's uh, involved with, uh, with yeah. all the inventions very or funny. something. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> yeah, funny uh, so they 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 need Liam back. They need Giolito to be better. They have a lot of you know things. They need Yon Mancata to start going two for three on a regular basis. But in in I'm with you. In general, they need more offense. And um, top to bottom, they need stars being stars. Now, Jose Abreu, you mentioned it yesterday, and insane is the word you used a few minutes ago. This is uh he's reached 14 times over the last six games, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he laid one out yesterday, right? I mean, just all hustle to get to first base and went one for three, but extended that that streak of his uh, on base streak. So uh, Chris Kamka did some digging. Jose Breu is the first Sox player to have more than 30 hits, more than 15 runs scored, more than 15 RBI, and more than 15 walks in a single month since your guy Paul Canerco in August of 2010. Now, that's all around right there. You're taking walks, you're scoring, you're driving runs in. that's after a rough start. Now, he doesn't hit well in in April. You know, the weather heats up, and that's when he heats up. But, boy, did he heat up. And there were some Mm -hmm. people that thought, you know what, maybe maybe just just isn't going to, he isn't going to bounce back. He's, He's a little older now, but look at this. Look at this. That's yep. pretty impressive. That's I mean, that's leading by example. You know, I know and, Tim is our vocal leader, but I've always said Abreu is our leader. He absolutely is. Yep. Absolutely is. I mean, he commands that clubhouse. I mean, uh, you know, Tim, the, the, the team's record when Tim Anderson's in the lineup is much better than when he's not. So it's that's, uh, you know, not a, uh, no argument to be made there. He's, you're a better team with Tim Anderson. But just leading by example, kind of a quiet leader, I mean, first guy to come to Tony's defense, Jose Abreu, um, to take pressure off the manager when he was getting it from mm-hmm. all sides. And that's, and that's a leader quality right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, you still need, I think you still need more. You know, Rick Hahn is going to watch these games. I, and and I, I don't see a move being made during this homestand necessarily, but um, I think he's going to let this thing play out, and he'll have a very good idea within three weeks of what this team actually is and how he reacts to the trade deadline. But, you know, Ian Happ, whether you want a guy like that or not, I think he could help the team. We were talking about being an attendee. This is weird. So he's having a good season. 
And we talked about him being on the Yankees, you know, shopping list with mm-hmm. Hap and a couple others, Juan Soto, the, the, you know, the dream would be Juan Soto. And then you get down to the maybe realistic guys in like, do, do the Yankees need anything else? Well, apparently they think they do. Um, because uh, Hicks and Joey Gallo are, are well, awful. then there's that. Then there's that. Yeah. But they're playing so well with them, right? But they want to win the World Series, so more is always better. Right? More, more better, more better. Be, be, be an attendee. Now, look at this. He he has a three hundred six batting average. No one cares about batting average. Three seventy three on base percentage. His slugging is only three ninety one, and this is the oddest thing. You know, I'm I'm trying to find a little more pop for the White Sox, a little more home run power, right? So Hap is the guy who can hit from both sides of the plate, and he can actually, you know, hit the ball out of the ballpark on occasion. 81% of Bien attendees hits are singles this season. 81%. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know. And again, he's younger than I thought he was. He's 20, he'll be 28 this. Yeah, Yeah, he's 28 this week. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the Sox could use more base runners and more on base and, and you know, generate and get them on, get them over, get them in. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I thought, you know, he had a little more power than that. But the slugging is uh, hasn't been there this year for him. Here's, here's the issue. If we come out of this 15-game stretch at, let's say, let's say right in the middle, split in the middle and say 500. That's obviously Ooh. not good enough. No. What do we do at the trade deadline? Is there enough? Are there enough moves to make at the trade deadline that aren't going to mortgage the future that could really make a huge difference if we are still running in place? Is like ten and five in this fifteen game stretch? Is that pie in the sky? Given what we've been watching, is that just given you know, what, what we've been watching ahead of the San Francisco series? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, you get you get a healthy dose of the bad Detroit Tigers, um, but and and I that's mean, four, and that's and four. Don't, don't you don't you need? I mean, don't you really need to go like ten and five, nine and six? Well, you need to have a winning record, definitely. But I yeah, mean, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. not just one over. Uh, right? No. Know, right. Right. A, uh, eight right. and seven doesn't really get me excited. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you can have like ten and five, eleven and four. No, that, Am I on drugs when I think that that that's even? And I, you know, possibility with this team because well, of we all have this. seen we have seen them go into uh, Toronto and all of a sudden have a dominating performance, and it's a, it's not it's it not generally the pitching that's so much different. It's the offense, and ten and five, based on what we've seen collectively to this point, unfortunately, it sounds almost unrealistic, but really it's not because it. What we've done against the Giants, you know, they're. Uh, I mean, you have to take the four against the Tigers. You just do, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. You have to. You, I, right. I know that's you know not not. Now likely. let's say let's say we take three from four of the Tigers, but and if we still win the other series, you know, okay. we're we're okay. And I think well, is that doable? But sadly, if we're basing it on what we've seen so far this season, it gives it it, it gives a uh, pause for caution. Certainly does. Hey, are, are you going out there for country music night on Friday against the Tigers? No, no, I'm no. good. I'm okay. good. <laughs> Unless Chris Stapleton was there or some of the interesting country artists. You know, I don't like Kenny the Chesney country. guy. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, the, no shoes the country, nation, yeah, the you? country Jimmy Buffett. No, yeah, exactly. No, exactly right. <laughs> no, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. Does he have hotels, Margaritaville? Hey, Chris Stapleton can play lead guitar. 
Oh, he, I'm a rock guy. I need to hear yeah. some guitar, screaming he, guitar. I'm and good not with only that. that, he wrote a song about his dog after his dog passed. That was, I mean, he that, can write it. Look, he can write that, a song about you, the most ridiculous you. thing, and it would make he would make it sound good. He's a very talented. No, but man. I mean that one moves you. I mean, yeah. if you have yeah. dogs, I mean, that, God bless Chris. He looks like a guy that you wouldn't want to. At a bar, you wouldn't want to cross him necessarily. Like, yeah, he I'm, probably does that on purpose. Yeah, right. Probably a sweetheart of a guy, but he yeah. has the exterior of some badass. Yeah, like ooh. that you don't want to approach. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What uh, what has to obviously happen uh, for the White Sox to come out of this fifteen game stretch with I don't know, let's say ten and five or or nine and six. Yeah, come on, take my drugs. Sell me, sell me that that's possible because. Then, Again, then, it's then you, possible, but if we're basing it on recent history, it seems improbable. Correct. I think that's the best way to say it. Right, I'm going to have to have another gummy then. Yeah, well, yeah, load up. It's the holiday weekend. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a cup of coffee. Okay, yeah, chase it no, with that coffee. 312-332-3776. When we come back, we're going to hit upon something that happened on Friday that... Uh, you know what? We're, we're going to bring up something that happened with the Bears. Kind of interesting. Some people are maybe making it a bigger deal than possibly is. I want to get your take on it, Brian. It's Hanley and Xander here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley here till noon on ESPN 1000. Connor McKnight pregame 2.30 as we're looking for a sweep in San Francisco. Sox taking on the Giants. Giolito on the hill. Lennon DJ on the call. First pitch at 3.05. On your home for Chicago White Sox baseball ESPN 1000. All right, so Brian, this happened on Friday. And uh, being a newspaper guy for years, you know this, that uh, when somebody gets fired or some changes or there's something to talk about, but you want to be low-key, you bury it on a late Friday, right? Yep. Yep. And Brad Biggs, who, you know, has been covering the Bears forever and is the scoop guy, um, found this out and tweeted it out. The Bears fired director of player engagement, Lamar Soup Campbell. And Biggsy wrote, you may recognize his name as one of the members of the committee. The team assembled in the hiring process for the new GM and coach. GM Ryan Poles called Campbell, who was out of town on vacation, and dismissed him. And popped him. Yeah. On vacation. So, okay. So, uh, first things first. As far as I'm concerned, well, well, maybe you could tell me. I'm not sure. It, it, those are one of those titles that. Yeah, I like, was going to ask you. What does that really me. mean? Okay. Maybe you don't know that. But what does that really mean? It's like, uh, you know, I'm the director of, uh, you know, you know, uh, custodial services or whatever <laughs> when you're running a shredder. You know, right. what does that yeah. really mean? Okay. So he is the, um, he was the, the director of engagement, player engagement. VP I, of player engagement, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is from He reaches out to people, uh, players that have been signed and uh, helps them or, acclimate or, or, to the team. Get, who are going to get married, apparently. They, he's got the engagement thing going on. Um, so this is your guy, Matt Nagy. So he was a holdover. The, the odd thing here is that he was on the committee that landed on Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, uh, a committee, how, you know, does everybody vote equally on the committee? You had, I don't uh, know, but I mean... Bill so, Polian, which I think would probably have been the loudest voice on that committee. Right, right. But, I mean, maybe, maybe polls found out that Soup voted against him. I don't know. Um, but 
So he was on the search committee and sat in on all his interviews that got you the new GM and, and, and Matt Eberflus is the new coach. Mm. Um, this was from Matt Nagy because he was a holdover from the previous regime. Matt Nagy said, uh, speaking of soup, he does a really, really good job of understanding what these players are going through on a daily basis, not even just in 2020, but in prior years. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, he builds unbelievably great relationships with them. They trust him. They understand him. That still doesn't tell me what he does. He nope. understands the players. They nope. understand him. They trust him. And everyone understands and everyone's trust. I, I don't I don't know. Now, what you... Direct- now, what you brought up, right, beyond we don't know what that exactly entails. Right. The fact that he was a naggy guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a point to be taken. Um, you know, how but much you, he had. Once you've, once you've gotten to this before. Right, well, it's se- seemingly, seemingly, yes. Yeah. I'd like to think that something else happened where, you know, something really serious happened in the background because I can tell you when you get fired on a Friday afternoon by phone, when you're on vacation, somebody's sending you a message. Not all, it's not a, hey, you know what? We can no longer use your services. We really appreciate it. We're going to move in a different direction. It's like, now nah, we want you out of here. Yeah, so there's, I, a, there's a tone to this that makes me believe that something happened. Now, have we not had a, a couple of issues with players that have been um, uh, signed, uh, onboarded, and, and have some legal issues recently? Yeah, but those are guys who came from the Colts. That's Eberflus. Those are Eberflus's guys. Right. I, I Look, I'm just searching. I'm, I'm just throwing I mean, stuff I mean, uh, okay, against the wall. So, but but it, mean, all, it seems like there had to have been something very, very serious to happen hmm. The way he was dismissed. Yeah. I mean, normally on vacation, you couldn't wait till he got back in from vacation. No. You know, hey, your stuff's packed up. Uh, we'll ship it to wherever you are. Don't don't bother coming back to Hell's Hall. It, 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 it was weird when I saw it. And again, I'm not even sure what the director of player engagement means. But there might be something to that, that if guys are, are running a follow the law, even though they weren't felonies, uh, that reflects poorly on... He wasn't um, engaged enough with those two players in particular. Right, I don't know. right. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of reading between the lines on this, and and some fans have, uh, you know, started. At, uh, we don't have a lot of Bears news right now, so for no. Bears fans that are just patiently waiting for Bears news, when you see something like this, they're trying to make something of nothing. And what this really means is this going to affect the play? No, none oh, of that. No, no. But but it is a story of which people are grabbing onto. And the only thing that I've noticed is uh, the fact that you brought up he was a naggy guy. Why wouldn't that have happened earlier? Uh, you know, and then you've got issues with, you know, the players. And as you said, well, that's yeah, more big, of an Eberflus guy. But Z wrote that he was popular with ownership, too. I mean, so now, now something George must a, have happened because there's George, just there's just no way that's going to happen the way it happened, especially unless there was something not so great that happened behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if just because he was a holdover, you were going to get to him eventually. I would have happened before last Seems week. Like June. It. Yeah. yeah, you had you had plenty of time to do that. And again, yeah. is that a critical position in which that's I, I something that has to? Be, oh, right. Mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Overall, yeah. we don't even know what it is. So, how critical could it it's be? Not like he's putting the offensive line together to make right to make an early decision on. Oh, you know what? This is a naggy guy. We have to move forward. Uh, you know, basically, the meeting might have been like, uh, "What do you do?" Okay, uh, and, and, and then from there, again, something might have went sideways to where they said, we have to get rid of this guy and we're going to send a message. Because, 
fire, getting fired, dismissed by phone on a Friday while you're on vacation, that's sending a message. I'm not sure who the message has to go to or yeah, other people yeah. that have to yeah. absorb that message. But believe me, in this business of radio, I've heard some really messed up scenarios of people getting dismissed, like right in the middle of their shows. Yeah, I look, they they waited till my first day back from vacation to tell me that, uh, you know, I just thought they were, you know, dragging their feet on another contract and go lowball me. And the meeting lasted 30 seconds and the dope handed me a, a bottle of water. And, and I'm like, somewhere I just got fired. I've Are never you... been fired by anything in my life. Right, but that, right. I was like, did I just get fired? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's happened to me a few times. And, yeah. uh, you know, you show up for a meeting that's a little weird and there's an yep. empty box waiting on a table. And it's like, OK, I know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. But I and I'm not going to mention a name, but a very famous uh, music host in this city once upon a time got fired during a commercial break. I'm not kidding. That's that's what I've heard from reliable sources. That's literally yeah. the the person that was taking over the show was hiding behind the door when they were walked out. The door closed. Uh, you know, the door swung, and the person walked by them, and they snuck in and picked a, picked up the show outside the commercial break. That is just. I mean, you talk about that's, that's so weak. That's right, sending yeah. a, but that's sending a message. I don't know what the message was or whatever, uh, but the that type of thing, those those trying to those dramatic firings. When egos are involved, that's sending a message. And I'm telling you, this is some sort of message. We don't know what it is, but it's certainly worthy of talking about. And, and as you said, Biggs broke it. So we thought we'd uh, kind of try to make sense of it, even if there's no sense at all. Well, I'm sure there's another team out there that needs a director of player engagement. And what do we do? Are we replacing this person? Oh, I, I, with somebody? You, can't, you can't go into the season without, without a director of player <laughs> engagement. Are you kidding me? You think, you know, do you think wait, that Justin wait, Fields it, developments yeah, Well, story? maybe maybe he said, hey, look, uh, please don't get arrested. Maybe he forgot to say that to a couple players. It's and he's, taken, and he's taking the hit. I, I know, I know. I mean, if, if anyone's got to have a little stink on him from those two incidents, it's the, the new head coach. I mean, I, you know, maybe he needs to be a little more engaged with the Colts he's bringing over here. But again, you can't go into the season without director player engagement. I, you're out. That that is just you're uh, out of your mind. That's yeah, reckless behavior, isn't that's it? Brian? Amateur hour stuff, right there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't worry about whether Luke Getzey knows how to call a, a game and make play call. This you better get on this right now. You yeah. better have this filled tomorrow. And it's funny. Okay? And it's funny. We we are being funny about blowing something that's really nothing into something. But that's been some of the reaction that I've seen on uh, Twitter. It's like everybody I, I just do. chill like, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, on Twitter, chill out. Those things don't go together. No, they don't. No, they don't. But uh, we can always hope. We I can do hope think... for a better world and people to be more chill on Twitter. Yeah. I do. I, I think this is one of those situations, though, guys, where like, like it. In all likelihood, it probably is nothing. But the Bears don't have that benefit of the doubt that they can like that. Do we should something just trust like this, them. and in consequential, well, it's, it's it's very unbear like. I mean. First of all, you get plenty of time to fail with the Bears. I mean, go see Phil Emery and Mark Tressman and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I mean, you you get you get to flounder for a long time before you get uh, shown the door. So this this is very unbear like. They don't fire coaches in the middle of the season, and apparently now they do fire directors of player engagement during vacations. But 
Well, this maybe not- this is a new day and time. Maybe Ryan Poles, part of his taking this job, said, I really want autonomy. And, you know, there's no Ted Phillips reaching in and all that kind of stuff. It starts and ends with me. And maybe this is something he needed to do from whatever well, reason, but is- that breaks tradition. This is not like, okay, when I was covering the Bulls and on Christmas Eve, they were practicing Christmas Eve day. And we went up to Birdo Center and one of the TV cameramen from one of the stations said, I think I just saw Scott Skiles walk out the back door and leave, which would have been odd since they were practicing. And sure enough, Scott Skiles had just walked out the back door and left because he'd just been fired. And he went up to a meeting with Jerry Reinsdorf and John Paxson and they were not having a great season, and they basically asked him how he was going to turn this thing around. And his question was, well, what if I can't? What if I'm not so sure there's a clear path to turn this thing around? And within 10 minutes, they were negotiating an exit uh, package for him. Right. On Christmas Eve, no matter if it was Christmas Eve or not, he was gone because that was not the answer they were looking for. And that's and, not the way you do your job. Uh, no, but that was Scott Skiles. He wasn't going to BS you. He was just going to tell you how it is. Right. That, you know, that the team wasn't responding to him or whatever. I mean, and, and later that day on the phone, he said, you know, we all have to be held accountable. Today was my time to be held accountable. And, you know, Scott wasn't losing any sleep over it because he walked away with a lot of Jerry's money. But those things, you know, you don't see coming necessarily. But when it's this layer of management and, and front office, I, I don't know how to read into that or whether there's anything to read into that. It's just odd. And the bears normally don't operate that. Way. Right, right, right. And, and that's why we're talking about it, trying to search for answers, why it was buried, why it happened that way, what could have happened and how did it happen this way, knowing how the bears operate, but it all, it makes for a very interesting conversation. All right. We've got one more segment and then we're going to, uh, Get Connor McKnight in here. He won't be here till 2.30 pregame. And the Lennon DJ calling the first pitch at 3.05 here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Sox take on the Giants in San Francisco. We'll wrap up a couple polls, and I've got the Sox starting in lineup. We'll give that to you next on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Watch us today and every day on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000. Chicago's Ender and Hanley up until noon. We've got a couple of Twitter polls to wrap. Before we uh, get any further setting up today's game, Giolito is on the bump as the White Sox taking on the Giants. First pitch 305 here on your home for the White Sox. Tim Anderson batting first at shortstop. No rest for Tim. That's good. Andrew Vaughn's DHing today. That's He's good. batting second. Yes, that bat has to be in there every day. He's 25. No rest for the wicked. Luis Roberts, center field. He's batting third. Jose Abreu who is just really tearing it up. He is at first base. He's uh, batting cleanup. Gavin Sheets, who had a couple doubles yesterday. Right field, he is fifth. Yohan Mankata batting sixth. At third base, Larry Garcia in left field. Of course. Batting seventh. Yep, the uh, bromance goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Harrison at second base. He's back in the lineup batting eighth. Sebi Savala batting ninth. And catching Lucas Giolito. Now, when we get some bodies back... The question will be, does Laori still get an inordinate amount of playing time when when we get an angle back or, uh, you know, or or maybe we make a trade. Maybe we make a half trade. 
You think they'll take Garcia? No. No, probably no, not. No, probably not. Just for a no. second there, I no. thought. Is that possible? No, I don't no. think David Ross has a bromance with Lori. No, 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 no. That's no, Tony's no. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, and, and I will say this. I, I personally, I know that I've been bagging on Lori. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I, I we put up a poll that was all yeah. my doing Which that one? said, who's going to get DFA, yeah. Josh yeah. Harrison or Lori? Now, since then, all the Josh haters have got to admit that you know he's starting to show up and that's who we thought he would be and he's not the only one that has a slow start on this team and that is why we're in this situation we are only called Lurie special and that in and right right and look if if he turns into something special if Laori starts heating up like other players have Mm -hmm. and he's really carrying the weight I will be fine with it we need everybody to show up but time and time again, he has put the, all of this responsibility on Laori, and he has not delivered. He's not that guy. No, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. Will he turn into that guy by some miracle? Okay, we're all hoping for miracles each and every day. Well, I think again, that's a lyric of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Again, it it you know whatever he gives you is nice, but you need Mankata. You need. Up and down the list, your right. stars being your stars. And, and if those stars are the stars and Laori isn't delivering offensively you or can live isn't with that. yeah, and you can live with that. That's right. That's right. And if he gives you and if he gives you a little bonus, that's terrific. Yes. But, but you can't count on him. You cannot two, count on him. Two for three from Yo uh Yoan today. More of that going into this uh, season defining stretch. You need and now's the time, you know, no more hemming and hawing, no more stops and starts, no more turning the corner. It's full speed ahead yep. uh, starting tomorrow. Talking so. White Sox, uh, the Twitter poll at ESPN 1000. Where will the Sox stand after their upcoming stretch of 15 games versus division opponents? Your choices, first, second, third, where they're at currently, or they drop to fourth or fifth. Charlie Bevins producing today. Charlie, what does that poll look like? The people say second, so not not quite breaking through, but second can lead you to a wild card, especially in yeah. the span of playoffs. So, so. It's cautious uh, optimism. Yeah, cautious I think that's optimism. a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Where did uh, where first? Were there any eternal optimists out there? Eleven and a half percent. Uh, first, fourth, and fifth was the lowest one, so we're not super angry over here. Okay, <laughs> all right, and uh, a couple of writing comments. Uh, one was "Don't sleep on the twins," I believe, and the other one. Pulling it up right here, okay. Sellers. That's what the other one said. <laughs> oh boy, see that's Sellers. Just negative. That's Sellers, just negative. as in they're going to sell people, or they're going to be in the basement in the cellar. Sellers oh is in there going to be selling. Okay, Come selling on. with an S. Okay. Both could be true. All right, know. and uh, what uh, the other Twitter poll, what is your favorite 4th of July barbecue food? I voted sausages. Sausages. That's Burger, what you say. Sausages. One, but I do wonder if maybe there was a little bit of a crowded primary between uh, the hot dogs, brats, and sausages in your lengthwise meats, right. and maybe they yeah. kind of split up the yeah. vote a little bit. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And then, yeah. and then we could say it's a hot dog, a sandwich. Don't even get there. Don't even, Don't even get there. That, that's for that's for the All Star break. Okay, when we're running we'll out save of that. We'll save that. We'll save them for the All Star break. All right. So uh, burgers is it? I don't know what I'm having today. And uh, Brian, you obviously don't know what you're having today. No. But I wish you the I, best no, of luck. Have, and a, I'm I'm going to have a couple of jolt colas. Oh uh, no, uh, you're not. No, no you're not. Yeah, That'll no. rot the teeth out of your head, my friend. <laughs> 
We have got to, uh, we've got to get out of here. Enjoy the celebrations today. If you're doing that today or tomorrow or both days or you're in the middle watch of a three day thumbs. celebration, yeah, watch yeah. those socks. No, Come thumbs. Start. watch the thumbs with the fireworks. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And there. return with all 10 digits. That yeah. is my plan as well. Charlie, you do the same. And uh, we'll see you next weekend again. Connor McKnight, pregame 2.30. Lennon DJ on the call. First pitch at 3.05. Lucas Giolito on the bump. White Sox looking to sweep in San Francisco on your home for the Chicago White Sox. ESPN 1000 for Brian Hanley. I'm Mark Zander. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.